NBA Summer League has come to a conclusion in what was really the last basketball before the dead period of the offseason, before we get to the FIBA World Cup later on in August. And so I'm here to overreact and overanalyze the seven games that were played in Summer League by the Sacramento Kings. And in particular, I'm going to go through seven individuals and analyze their performances. And those seven players are guys that either have a contract, have previously had a contract, or could possibly get a contract. And so the guy that I'm just going to start with is Keegan Murray, because he only played in the California Classic, did not go to Vegas. Well, he did. He went to Vegas, did not play in Vegas. And for Keegan, his stock is way up after just two games in Summer League. And, you know, that kind of shows just how much people overreact to Summer League. But at the same time, when it's one of your players doing well and getting the hype, you know, I, I love it. But I mean, also, there were some very promising signs from Keegan. He was one of those two good for Summer League guys, along with Jabari Smith and Jalen Williams, those type of guys. But the Kings wanted him to play for two reasons. One of them was to show what he's been working on all summer and what he can do as the main guy in an offense and just be able to try things out in a setting where there's not a lot of pressure and that doesn't really matter. And then the second reason that they wanted him to play is they said that he they wanted him to be in a leadership role on a team. And we can't really know much about that second, you know, how the second reason went, how the leadership went, because that's a very internal thing. But we could see what he looked like when given more responsibility offensively, because last season he played so much off the ball and he was given the ball in summer league and scored 29 points and then 41 points looking a lot more comfortable creating for himself off the dribble. But the main thing that I think he did extremely well that he just didn't do at all last season was get to the free throw line. Because last season, he really struggled attacking the rim and was not good at finishing around the rim, got blocked a lot, and he got to the free throw line a lot in the two games that he played. And I listened to a clip from Andrew Schleck talking about uh, the Kings re-signing Harrison Barnes. And he said something about how he liked the move because Harrison Barnes could be a good veteran for Keegan Murray. And I hadn't really thought about how Barnes was a good vet specifically for Keegan Murray in a scoring sense. because, But it does make sense that Barnes is a good guy to teach Keegan things because Barnes is a, was a great scorer he has been the main guy on a team on the Mavericks and has been pretty consistent his entire career. But one thing that I thought of when I heard about Barnes being a vet for Keegan was just the free throw attempts, because Barnes is one of the best players at getting to the free throw line in the entire league. Like He's not even a star, but he's great at getting the, to the free throw line. The Kings were second in the league in, in free throw differential last season, a large part due to Harrison Barnes. Obviously, Fox and Sabonis got to the free throw line a lot, but Barnes was right there with them. 
And that made up like the best trio at getting to the free throw line in the entire NBA. And that's something that Keegan definitely needs to improve on. And I think he has improved on. And I know the Kings, there's been a lot of talk from the Kings about how they think that Keegan can be the piece that takes the Kings to the next level, but not that only he can be, that they need him to take a step to take this team to the next level. So encouraging signs in Summer League from him. And then the next guy I want to talk about is Namias Keita. He got his Summer League cut a little short due to a a foot injury, which is really unfortunate for a seven-footer. And he is a guy without a contract with the Kings. And the Kings just signed a center, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel, I think that's a great signing. He is a, a, a elite shot blocker if he can stay healthy. And that probably means that Keita is not going to be returning to the Kings. And that was something that I talked about when I was doing the recaps on the, the Summer League games. Like, Namias Keita has not shown enough to get the the full contract sure he could get on another two-way contract but he might not want to do that the kings might just want to move on from that experiment and give the two-way to someone else Kata has shown improvement through his couple years uh, on two-way contracts but he just didn't show enough he didn't dominate summer league like you would expect from a guy that would get a a full-time NBA contract. And not every guy is going to dominate Summer League in a scoring sense. You look at Kessler Edwards, who we'll get to, you know, he's not built for just dominating Summer League, even though he can possibly be a a rotation player in the NBA. But I think the worrying things with Keita is more, one, his rebounding, for a guy his size is not great. And I think that kind of also has to do with his movement not being the best. I mean, he has the athleticism to move like other seven footers in the league, but I just don't think he's as smart with his movement. And what I mean by that is when you're a a seven footer like him, a massive guy, you cannot change directions as quickly as other guys. So you have to stay on balance more. And I saw him just not maintaining his balance a lot and committing in one direction, you know, on a closeout, committing too hard instead of using his length. He did that a lot. And I feel like with him, he had some good games, had some not so good games, but it's that inconsistency that the Kings probably didn't love to see with a team that's trying to compete right now. Like if the Kings were a worse team, they would probably give him that full contract and let him develop, but I just don't think the Kings want to take the time to develop him when there's a real need for a backup center right now. And so that's why they went out and got Nerlens Noel. They have Alex Len, they have Trey Lyles who can play the backup center. So there's just really not a spot now for Namias Keita. The next guy that I will talk about is Jordan Ford, who probably impressed the most out of anyone, you know, maybe outside Keegan Murray, but was the most surprising in how good he was. He played six out of the seven games, didn't play that last game, but in those six games, he had one bad game. He looked extremely comfortable running the offense for the Kings. 
He's a guy that can do a little bit of everything offensively. He can attack the rim. He has a floater. He can shoot the three. He's a great passer. He can play without the ball. All things that any team would want and specifically work great in the King system of ball movement and player movement where he looks like he doesn't need the ball in his hands, but can definitely create with the ball in his hands as well. He's a guy that could get that third two-way contract, could get a training camp invite and try to earn his way into a full NBA contract. The Kings still need a backup point guard, and he is a prime candidate for that. They could go with a veteran, and maybe they do get a veteran point guard and then give him the two-way contract, although that seems a little unlikely. I mean, it could happen, but maybe you don't want that many point guards on your roster, especially when Jordan Ford is a little older. He's 25. He's not old, but you maybe don't want to just have him sitting in Stockton for another season developing and you'd maybe want that third two-way spot to go to a guy with more upside if you weren't going to give him any NBA minutes but his stock is way up after this summer league he was by far the Kings best offensive player and the Kings offense fell apart when he was not on the court the defense is the one worry because he's a smaller guy I think he's 6'1 And so obviously that's where he could struggle. He's extremely quick, can stay with guys on the perimeter. But at the end of the day, in the NBA, guys can just shoot over him. They can put him in the post. They will search him out in pick and rolls, try to get the switches, try to get the mismatch on him. And that's worrying. But I still think he does enough offensively and is enough of a pest defensively where he can survive in that sense. So it will be interesting with the Kings having one roster spot open and one two-way contract, what they will do with Jordan Ford if they will offer him either of those spots or a training camp invite, whatever it is. But I do think he earned it. Then the next guy who is on a guaranteed full NBA contract for next season, and that is Kessler Edwards. And with Kessler, he showed last season, in the last half of the season, when the Kings traded for him. He showed his potential as a 3 and D guy. His defense with his length and size is great. And he showed that in this summer league, was great defensively. But like I mentioned earlier, him being a 3 and D role player, like I don't think anyone really sees any upside outside of just being a 3 and D role player for him, right? I don't think anyone's thinking that he can develop into more, that he can do anything off the dribble. And that's just that's just the truth of the situation. And so he did not exactly thrive in Summer League. He shot 0 for 8 from 3 in the California Classic. But then he went on to shoot 38% in his uh, four games in Vegas. And he showed in the NBA last season and in this Summer League, he's not afraid to shoot, which I am a big fan of. I think when you're a 3 and D guy, you have to actually be able to shoot the threes. You look at a guy like Casey Paula last season, who was not a good three-point shooter. And he he's a great defender, but he lost his minutes because sometimes he was hesitant to shoot, which you just you need to be able to shoot when you're open. You can't be just a defensive guy who doesn't space the floor, particularly on the Kings. 
But then there were other times where he would shoot when he was wide open, would miss a few threes, and then he would get pulled from the game. So the only way that Kessler is going to stay on the court in an NBA environment is if he takes threes and he makes threes. And it's as simple as that. And so I just don't think that Summer League is that big of a deal for him. Shooting 38% from three in Vegas is great. Shooting 0% in the California Classic isn't great. But at the end of the day, his defense is going to be there. And it's just can he shoot in the NBA. And I don't think that Summer League is a you know good enough sample size to make any determinations on that. And then the last guy before we move to the Kings draft picks is Keon Ellis, who is on a two-way contract for next season after one season on a on a two-way contract thus far. And I really liked what I saw from Keon. Keon was a great three-point shooter last season in Stockton. He continued to shoot well uh, in Vegas, actually shot the exact same percentage as Kessler Edwards. Like they made they took and made the same amount of threes in Vegas. And he's a similar guy to Kessler Edwards in being a three and D guy, although there is some like mystery. Can he be a ball handler? Maybe. And that was not answered in Summer League. It was very much it. Maybe there were some good moments, but, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a a ball handler, a point guard. I think he's more of an off guard. He has the height to to be a shooting guard, 6'5", has the length, has the defensive intensity. The worry is just, I mean, he needs to get stronger, but he was one of the best in Summer League at picking off passes, getting steals, getting deflections. I think he was third in Vegas in steals per game at 3.3. And he just has an incredible read on what's going to happen on the floor and is able to anticipate passes way before they happen and get so many steals. And especially the way he gets steals in anticipating those passes leads to a lot of fast breaks. He was pretty solid scoring the ball, was second on the team in points per game. In Vegas, you know, we're not counting California Classic where Keegan Murray just scored every single point for the Kings. But when, you know, there's a little bit more of a scoring burden, I thought he was solid. Shot 50% from the floor, getting 14 and a half points per game. So he's definitely a, a stock up guy from Summer League. But the position that he has as a shooting guard is pretty clogged for the Kings. So as a guy on a two-way, we'll probably spend a lot more time in Stockton this coming season because the Kings have, you know, Herder, Monk, Davion Mitchell in, in a similar defensive guard type of guy, Colby Jones, uh, who I will talk about soon. And so it's going to be tough for him to get minutes. But I really liked what I saw from him in Summer League. And then we will move on to the rookies who we got our first look at. And so I will start with Colby Jones, who is the 34th overall pick in the draft. And so I'll start with what he did pretty well. One thing he does really well is his floater is automatic. He is a great floater. He has great finishing ability, especially through contact, good size and strength. He's a really good rebounder for his size. Uh, had, had comparisons to Josh Hart during the draft process and that definitely showed through in, in Summer League. 
He didn't shoot super well from three. Does not seem like a movement three-point shooter at all. Very much a catch-and-shoot stationary three-point shooter, not an off-the-dribble guy. Developing that three-point shot is definitely going to be a big deal for him. We'll see how that goes because he did get uh, a full four-year second-round exemption deal. And so the Kings obviously believe in him a lot. And they traded up to get him after trading the 24th pick. There is rumors that they could have taken him at 24. And so then they traded up from, I think they had 38 to 34 to pick him. He seems like a solid and smart defender. And I think the biggest problem that he's going to have is his lack of explosiveness. And that's why his finishing ability and his floater, finishing through contact, is so important because he he lacks the ability to create that separation offensively. I also think his playmaking was not the best. Uh, you know, as a rookie, the game can definitely be sped up. And so that may have been the case for him. And, and he'll probably get better in that sense. But I think he needs to work, tighten up his handle a little bit. But I do think he showed signs of possibly being a good playmaker. I don't know if he'll ever be a primary ball handler, but I do think that's it's possible. And then defensively, he may get in a little trouble with his lack of, of speed of trying to guard quicker guards. But he has good length, can block shots from behind. And so I think he's a smart defender, and I, I think he'll be okay on that end. He's the type of guy that if like best case scenario, he can crack his way into the rotation for the Kings in the regular season. That's best case scenario for him. And then the final guy to talk about in Summer League is a guy that I already talked about a lot in my last video because it was pretty much all about him was Jalen Slauson. Compared to the other guys that have contracts or or could get contracts. He was definitely the worst out of them all, also given the least opportunity at the same time. But I mean, that was to be expected. He was the 54th overall pick, got a two-way contract. So the things he does really well, he's a, a really good defender, super athletic, can stay with guards in the perimeter while also blocking shots on the interior, is super strong, and big six seven he just didn't provide much on the offensive end through the first six games of summer league his three-point shooting wasn't exactly there but he made some again summer league when it comes to three-point shooting not the biggest sample size so you can't take too much away from that but hopefully he can be a good three-point shooter that will be big for him but i think also where he can thrive is as a cutter with his athleticism and running the floor in transition. And that's something I talked about a lot when recapping that last game of Summer League, because that last game of Summer League was where he got his chance to kind of be the guy on offense when the Kings were sitting out all the, the rest of their good players. He has that potential to be able to grab and, and go in transition and has the athleticism to get to the rim and, and finish. But he just needs to work on... Tightening up his handle, kind of like Colby Jones, and then making better decisions, kind of like Colby Jones, in that the game just needs to slow down a little bit for him. You know, I think with both of our rookies, they looked a little sped up at times, and 
I think that's something that just takes time to get used to. I see the potential in him as a player that could be an NBA player, a great defender, and then someone who can attack the rim and then also just spot up for catch and shoot threes. I think that there is a role for him in this league, but he may not see a single minute in the NBA next season. It may all be in Stockton. I think he definitely needs that, but I do see the the potential there. So that is it for the seven guys that could really make a difference either now or years in the future for the Kings main team. But just mention other guys that played well in summer league for the Kings, Mike Dom, Chance Comanche, and I thought Alex O'Connell was good. Those three guys were were pretty solid for the team as well, but don't really have a uh, a path to the Kings NBA team, but I still think they raised their their stock as just basketball players. So that is it for this episode of the Roll Report. We now head into a very dead portion of the offseason. No more basketball. It's very sad. But I don't think I've mentioned this in, a, in, in an actual full episode. But I am. I have started making short form content. So I'm on TikTok. Been posting YouTube shorts, uh, Instagram reels. All the links are in the description or in the channel info. And I will be making one on the Nerlens Noel signing. So if you want to hear my thoughts more on that, then go check that out. But anyways, I will be back whenever something big enough happens for the Kings, I guess. They just announced the signing of Sasha Vezhenkov. But if anything, you know, big happens, then I'll be back then. And so I will see you guys later. Peace.